Thank you, Robert. We appreciate that. So happy Easter. Good to see you guys here today. I have a question. What's the point? Why do we have Easter? What's the big deal? What was the purpose behind what Jesus did? Why did he have to die? Be raised from the dead? Why, why all that stuff? Well, let's try to answer this question by looking at a conversation that Jesus had with a man named Nicodemus. Let's look. Now, there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus, who was part of the sect called the Pharisees and a member of the Jewish ruling council. One night, he discreetly came to Jesus and said, Master, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. Jesus answered, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must first experience a rebirth. He's saying, Nicodemus, I, I appreciate the compliment kind of, but the real point is the realm of God, the kingdom of God. You've, there's a, a requirement to be in. It's rebirth. Now, obviously, Jesus wasn't talking about physical rebirth. Nicodemus was confused if you want to read more of the story. But Jesus was talking about something else. Jesus is referring to life on a whole nother plane of existence, God's kingdom on earth that we get to experience. So Jesus lived, died, and rose again so we could experience life on another level, life in the kingdom of God. There's some other terms in the Bible that describe this. There's the term salvation, the term justification. We must be connected to God. So here's the question. How does it happen? How do I enter the kingdom of God? Well, let's look at another Bible passage. And in this passage, a man named Paul is writing to some believers in Rome on this subject. Let's look. For if you tell others with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord, Lord means boss, guide, he's in charge of you, that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So Paul is saying if you really believe and you're willing to admit that to other people, then that's the evidence God's working in your life. You're connected. And then Paul explains a little more. For it is by believing in his heart that a man becomes right with God, and with his mouth he tells others of his faith, confirming his salvation. Now, do you think this is a secret formula for instant salvation, that if you just say the words, Jesus is Lord, boom, you're a believer, you're in the kingdom of God? What if a person was a mute? And they couldn't talk. Can they not say Jesus is Lord out loud and, and become a believer? Well, we think that Jesus was talking about something way deeper and much more profound than just reciting a formula. So to make Jesus your Lord, it, it means something. Uh, first of all, it means that you have to cease to be Lord of your own life. That is a really, really big deal. Life from God becomes the impulse by which you're, you're moved and you're motivated. And this, this is a change of thinking for a lot of us. It's a change from living a life and based on what we think is right or wrong, based off of our knowledge of good and evil uh, and doing enough good things. It shifts, and um, th that's one of the big things we want to talk about this morning, and it's, we think, one of the big messages of Easter. 
Uh, it's easy to think that lordship means this, and I've thought this before plenty of times uh, throughout my life, and we could, we could look at it this way and say, well, lordship and being saved and, and being part of God's family is, is about God telling me uh, the right things to do. It's about him telling me you know, this, and so I try to do enough good things, enough good stuff so that he'll be happy with me and so that he'll love me, and all important, that he'll let me into heaven. You know, and so we, we think along those terms a lot of the times, but um, it's actually following God and being part of his family is something bigger than that. Uh, it's something, it's just, it, to me, it's much more important than that. It's more important than choosing right over wrong. It's really using our will to choose his will. That's a major shift, and I'll give you kind of an example. Think of... Uh, a, a young teenager that's about to learn to drive. You know, he's taking driver's ed, and now you're the instructor, and you're in the car with them. You know, you've got, thank goodness, you've got your brake on your side, on that passenger <laughs> side. And so they're, they're learning. Now, just imagine this, this, young, this young kid. Imagine what they think. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do the right things and not the wrong things while I'm driving, you know, because I need to pass this class. So they're driving along, and and you as the instructor, you see an 18-wheeler barreling down the road. And you see him coming, and he's coming fast. And he, it's like, you can tell because you've been driving for 40 years. This, this guy driving the truck doesn't see you. And you can also tell that your student driver doesn't see him. And so he starts to roll forward right, on, right into the road. And, of course, you're, like, you know, you're reaching for the brake, but you're too close. And you just yell at him, stop. Now, if... This, uh, if, the, if the student driver does what a lot of us do in life and says, looks over at you and says, like, hmm, would it be right to stop or right to go? Boom, it's too late. You're hit, and you are both roadkill. Now, um, a lot of us do that. We say, well, I'm going to choose between right and wrong. I'm going to choose what's, what was the best option here. Well, the best option was to use your will to choose God's will. The best option was for the kid to stop when you said stop just because you said stop. Um, I didn't have a wreck, but I had this experience with my child, and um, he, he's sitting in here today. And now, he wasn't a student driver. He was already driving, and here comes the bus, actually. And I was like, I was yelling at him to stop the car, and he I, mean, I feel like we were this close. This close. Well, you know, taking the, the time to decide between right and wrong stresses out the instructor, um, but it can also hurt you. Choosing to stop is the only way to come out unharmed in that situation. Now, if you think about this in terms of lordship, salvation, following Jesus, being part of the family of God, um, what, what we do a lot of times is we're like, okay, I'm going to use what I hear from for at church, what I read in the Bible, what maybe God spoke into my heart, I'm going to decide if that's the way I should go or not. I'm going to decide if, if I should do that right or wrong. Well, here's what happens. We hear the word or read the word stop, and we're like, hmm, boom, it's too, you're hit. Or we, we, maybe we read in the Bible where, where Jesus says forgive, and we're like, forgive? Hmm, I wonder if I should, boom, you get hit. And we go through life with wreck after wreck, after wreck, after wreck, because we're trying to decide, should I do this or should I not? 
when the real answer is when God said something, when we read something in the Bible, when we, when we connect with God, it's just a matter of him saying stop and you stop, him saying go and you go, uh, him saying forgive and you forgive, and, and you, the list can go on and on. Uh, when we make following Jesus about choosing between right and wrong, we'll get hit every single time. But when we use his, our will to choose his will, then we avoid becoming roadkill. Um, lordship really means surrendering to God and, and, letting, and surrendering to him moving in us and through us. Now, when we're really saved, we can apply the proper use of the human will. God gave you a will. Here's the proper use of it, submission to God's will. God gave you and me the ability to choose for the purpose of choosing him so our life is blessed and full. Now, submission means surrender. It's a choice to give up to God, to give yourself to God, to give your life to God. So the proper use of the human will is to surrender or submit to God. Now, Surrender is the necessary attitude that we need in order to receive, to contain, and to share the life of God that will be in us because we're following Jesus. Surrender is choosing God's power and God's knowledge instead of my own ability to try to figure it out. Surrender is not an action. Surrender is not an action. It's something we do. It's a cessation of action. It's stopping what we're doing. Making Jesus our Lord is about what we surrender to. Making him the boss is about surrendering to him. So it's, um, well, when, when we receive his life like this, you know, some things will, will happen. Sometimes we'll feel impressed to read the Bible or pray or worship or whatever, but it's not the results that matter so much. The results of the life of God in you and me, those results are not what makes you a follower of Jesus Submission to his will is what makes you a true follower of Jesus. When we surrender, then he can do things we could never do. When we give up, God can do amazing things we could never have done in our own strength. So, sure, I can do stuff without God and call it good and maybe do a little bit of good, but the problem is this is living from the earthly realm, my ability, my thoughts and whatever, and I'm not living from the kingdom of God realm, letting his life fill me and, and uh, guide me. And the result is the death of the person God made me to be. Let me repeat that. When I live from my own resources, I end up having less than the life God created me to be because here's the deal. The goal of life for all of us, for every person ever, the goal of life is to become the person God made you to be, to fulfill God's purpose in your life, to become the person that God made us all to be. Let's get practical now and see what this looks like. So to do that, let's, let's conclude the Easter story. So we begin, actually, with James reading a big portion of what happened on, well, on Easter Sunday and, and after Jesus rose from the dead. Well, now we're going to jump to the end of that story and take a look at this. This is Matthew chapter 28. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped. And Jesus came up to them and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And remember, 
I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus ends or concludes the Easter story with an amazing promise. He says a lot of stuff here, but the very, at the very end, he makes a promise. He says, I am with you always. I'm going to be with you all the time. Um, You know, the kingdom life, following Jesus, being saved is more about, it's more than about being good and doing good. It's about doing life with God and from God, with Jesus and from Jesus. One of the greatest blessings of life God's way is the actual ongoing presence of God in your life. Um, You know, God, God wants us to be present with him and he wants to be present with us right here and right now. So following Jesus is way more than just getting to go to heaven one day. I'm going to tell you, that's my plan. My plan is that one day when, you know, my life is over here, that heaven is where I'm going to end up, okay? But I am not in any hurry to knock on those gates. Hey, can you let me? I don't want to get there one day sooner than, than I need to. And so is there, is there more than just heaven for me? Of course there is. Is there more than heaven for you? Yes, there is living with and living from God right here, right now, every day of your life. Let me read you Psalm 23, 1. And this is uh, the guy writing this understood that Jesus, that God was with him. And he put it in a great story. And actually, the, we are beginning right now the series start, that starts actually today. But next week, we're going to go into it even more. Here we go. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. The picture here is this. It's a shepherd, a sheep herder, a guy that takes care of a bunch of sheep. That's what he does. And he's really good at it. As a matter of fact, he, he cares about and he loves these animals, these sheep. He takes care of them. He fights off wolves. He makes sure they have their shots. I don't think they had shots back then, but if it was today, they have shots, and they, they have plenty of water, plenty of grass. I mean, he takes care of them. He leads them where they need to go because he knows what's best for them, all right? So that's kind of the picture, and because of that, and he, because he takes care of them, these sheep trust this shepherd. They're like, he's going to take us the right way. I don't have to decide which way to go. I don't have to determine what's right and what's wrong. I don't have to think, is he taking me to the right pasture or not? I'm not really sure. They don't do that. He just says, let's go this way, and that's the way they go. Well, that's exactly the way what you and I are made for. We're, at, we're, we're made to follow God, the shepherd, and let him take us where he wants us to go. Um, we're going to face problems when that happens. Um, if you have been following Jesus for a long time, you already know that, well, that doesn't mean I'm immune to all the problems in the world. I'm not. Things still happen, but the greatest thing is this. When they happen, the shepherd is there to take care of you. He's there to fight for you. He's there to protect you and provide. Uh, The God of the universe wants to be with us every single day of our lives, including today. Uh, over the next few weeks, like I said, we're going to continue looking at this and how, how this amazing promise of Jesus being with us always can, it can actually revolutionize the way we live. So I've got one more question for you today. 
Are you living life in the kingdom of God with his presence in your life on a daily basis? Are you there? I know many, many of you are, but you may not be there. You might think, well, not really. Well, you can connect with God today. You can connect with God today. You can let the kingdom of God become a reality in your life. So if you're thinking, I'm not so sure, Ed. I mean, I get it and I want it, but man, I just don't know. Well, I have a suggestion for you. Give Jesus a year. Give him a year to prove himself to you. Give him a year to show you how awesome he is. Give him a year to answer when you talk to him. Give him a year to revolutionize your life. I'm telling you, next Easter, your life will be a whole new ballgame. You can connect with him today. You could say something like this to him. You could say, God, I, I want to live in your kingdom. I get it. I, I get that that's what I'm created for. Lord, I, I want to surrender my will to you today. Lord, I want to submit to your will for my life. I want you to be the Lord, be the boss, Jesus. Come into my life. Forgive me. Let's go. You pray something like that. There's faith in your heart today. You can connect today to the God of the universe and live life in the kingdom of God on earth. Our hope and our prayer is that many of you will do that this very day, that you'll surrender your life to God and begin to see him do wonderful things in your life. If you do that, my partner reminds me, if you do that, we have these green cards in front of you. You might notice in the seat backs, this is a card that says, I've decided. This is when you say, I've decided to connect to God today. I want to have a relationship with him, and we want to help you in that. So if you would fill out that green card, and on your way out the door, there's some little blue boxes back there that you'll see have a green card sticking up. If you could drop that in there, or the offering box, whatever you want, we want to follow up with you and encourage you in this new life you have now in the kingdom of God. All right, before we uh, pray, I want to remind you of a couple things. First off, every Sunday we have prayer teams up here at the stage. These guys would love to pray for you about anything in your life that you're concerned about. Be sure to remember to give today. Give at the boxes or on the app or on the website. And then third, we're about to have an Easter egg hunt, okay? It's going to be a lot of fun. While we've been doing this service, they've put out a 1,000-plus eggs over there, and we've got it divided for little guys and big guys, so the big guys won't trample the little guys, right? And so, parents, uh, get your children quickly, if you would, when we're dismissed so we can get out there and have a great time together. All right, y'all stand. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you that he was willing to die for our sin and that you raised him from the dead. And because of that, we can have new life. We can live in your kingdom. Lord, I pray for folks here today who aren't connected yet, but they're leaning toward you, Lord, that they give you a chance. Help them take that step. Help them surrender to you and watch you do amazing things in their life. Lord, for all of us, I pray this week we would live in the joy of the resurrection and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.